Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another great episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, I want to air for you a very special message. This special message is entitled, A Mother's Heart. Oh, I know that you will be richly blessed. This message was delivered by my wife, Pastor Sumiko Stroud, and I believe that you're going to receive a rich blessing as you hear this rich word of the Lord. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, A Mother's Heart, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for our mother's heart, for all that you've placed in us as moms, for how you help us to be there to nurture and guide our children, just like you were there to nurture and guide us. We thank you. We honor you today, and we just are so appreciative of all that you do for us all that you, uh, how you lead and guide us. And Father, we just ask today that you would open your word to us, open our understanding. We come ready to receive, ready to hear from you today. And Lord, we know that our lives will be forever changed. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'm used to doing the welcome, so I'm like, I should be welcoming people. So it's good to see y'all in the house this morning. Um, before we get into um, the text for today, I had not realized how difficult Mother's Day uh, could be for some people. I just, you know, had always assumed you go, you celebrate. If your mother, you know, is alive, then, you know, you do something, you know, you take them out to eat, you buy them a flower, whatnot. And if your mother passed away, then, you know, I knew it would be, you know, somewhat sad, but you would still just have that time to reflect of how they had blessed you. But I didn't realize how the whole range of motherhood, whatever stage you're in, how it can be a challenge. Uh, and there are a lot of people that don't attend Sunday services on Mother's Day because it is such of a challenge. Um, and so it was brought to my attention this week in a couple of different ways. First, I received uh, something online about as an open letter to pastors about Mother's Day. And I'm going to read a portion of that to you, how it asks us to acknowledge the different, um, the continuum of motherhood. And then also in conversation with somebody, I realized that, you know, her mother has uh, been passed away for 13 years now and she still is challenged by Mother's Day and is not able to attend service because of the focus that it places and because of that emptiness that it brings up. And so we want to honor our mothers today and we're going to start out uh, by reading this um, to acknowledge the wide continuum uh, of mothering. And it says to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who have lost a child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with the little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, remember that, don't we? Uh, especially the beloved Cheetos. Always when you're wearing white, right? We appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. 
To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you in prayer. To those who have lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married, mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you long for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. So we want to honor this morning, wherever you find yourself on that continuum of motherhood, we do honor you and we appreciate you today. Well, let's get into the Word of God. Our scripture this morning is coming from Proverbs 31, but maybe a little surprising to some of you. We're not going to read the passage of the virtuous woman because I'm sure if you've been to at least one women's conference or one Mother's Day service, you've probably already heard it. Uh, you've probably already read it. So we're going to attack this thing from a different angle today as we talk about a mother's heart. We're going to read the first 10, uh, first nine verses of Proverbs and we're going to talk about those. So um, we're going to go ahead and read them and then we'll, we'll break it down a little bit. Proverbs 31. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows. Give not thy strength unto women nor thy ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Amen. So let's do a little background. Now, I don't know if you're like me, you've probably read that, um, you know, a few times pretty much just to skip down and get to the, you know, the goody goody part that starts at verse 10 that describes this impossible woman. So, but we're not going to talk about her today. We're going to talk about uh, this word of prophecy, uh, this words of wisdom to King Lemuel from his mom. Now, how many of you had ever heard of King Lemuel before? You don't read anything about him anywhere else, do you? Well, that's because that's a a nickname of sorts. It means of or belonging to God. But the king that we're referring to here is Solomon. 
So he may be somebody a little bit more familiar to you. So we're referencing King Solomon. And if you remember Solomon, you remember that he is the son of who? Of David and Bathsheba. So a little bit of background about who he is. Uh, He was, in fact, king after his father. So this is his mother giving him some wisdom. We don't know at what stage uh, of his life this is. But she is sharing with him uh, some words from her heart that he's going to need uh, throughout his life. And so a little background on those of you who may not be familiar with who David and Bathsheba are. Uh, Second Samuel chapters 11 and 12. David was king. And during the time when the kings were supposed to go out to battle, he decided not to go. So there you go. First thing, when you're supposed to be somewhere doing something and we don't go, what's usually lurking? Trouble is the foot, right? always there. And so trouble found David as trouble often finds us when we are where we're not supposed to be. And so he sees Bathsheba who is out bathing and uh, he decides she's a pretty woman. He's the king. He wants her, whatever. So they get together and she gets pregnant. Problem is, number one, she's not his wife. Problem two, she is somebody's wife. And so when she becomes pregnant, he does... um, I guess what he thought was reasonable in his eyes. And he had her husband killed. Uh, he had it done uh, during the course of the fighting so that he looked like a casualty of war. But it was, in fact, murder. And so he takes Bathsheba in. Now, David's king over God's people. God was not at all pleased with David's actions. And there, how many of you know that when we sin, when we cross the line, when we do something, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And he did forgive and welcome David back into his heart. But there are consequences. And one of the consequences of what went on was that the the child that David and Bathsheba had died. And so they, of course, mourned and, you know, and at some point they came back together. She becomes pregnant again. At this point, she is David's wife. Uh, She becomes pregnant again. And the child that they have is Solomon. So we know a little background of how Solomon comes to be. Uh, And God honors him and receives uh, Solomon uh, into his heart. Uh, But also another consequence of David's actions is that the prophet tells him the sword will never leave your house. And there was all kinds of animosity and friction throughout his family line um, because of his actions. So sometimes when we look around in our own lives and you see the things that are going on, you may want to look back at mom and daddy and say, what did you do? What in the world did you do? And when we are tempted to do things that we know are contrary to the word of God, that may be the one thing that stops us is that the consequences that come may not stop at you. You know, we are not an island. And sometimes people think, well, I'm doing this is not hurting anybody but me. But you don't know what kind of animosity, what kind of friction, what kind of frustration you're going to be bringing into your family line, how it's going to affect your children and their children and those all around you. Because now David had other women at his disposal. There was nothing particularly special about Bathsheba. Yes, she was pretty. But she was not available. She was not his uh, for the taking as he, you know, decided to do. Uh, 
And so a little bit of background about them. And so that brings us now uh, to uh, chapter 31 as Bathsheba is speaking some words of wisdom to Solomon. And she says, um, what my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows. And so when I hear that and she's just like, you can hear her cry saying, what can I say to you? And as a mom, I know what that's like. Uh, and as mothers, I know you know what that's like from the time our children come into the world and we look at them and we think, how can I live before them? What can I say to them? How can I, sometimes there's just no words, you know, in your heart, the message that you want to convey to them, but you're not always sure how to say it. What can I say? How can I encourage them? How can I teach them? How can I train them so that they will walk the path that they are to walk? So they won't fall into the same pitfalls that I've fallen into in my life. What can I do? And we have those uh, thoughts. We have those, uh, those prayers that sometimes nobody hears but God. As we are in our rooms or we're in wherever and we are praying to the Lord and we're asking for wisdom, even if you are not a Christian mom, moms all over the world have those same um, anxieties, those same moments where they think, what can I say? How can I convey to them the importance of this message? You know, you, you look for those teachable moments where they're actually paying you attention and you, and you don't want to miss those opportunities. And you think there's so much they need to know at every age and every stage of their lives, whether they are going off to preschool for the first time. Will they make friends? How will they, you know, respond to those around them if they're joining, trying to, you know, go out for a team for the first time? What if they don't make it? How can I teach them how to handle rejection that, you know, sometimes you won't be good enough for this team, but that doesn't mean you give up. That means you try harder. Sometimes you won't make the cut. Sometimes you won't get the, you know, the best grade. Sometimes you won't get the job. You may not get into the school you want to get into. You may approach somebody and they may uh, rebuff you, but that's okay. Those things are going to happen. How do we teach them the information that they need. So as, as Oprah puts it, they can live their best life because we will all live some kind of life, but we want them to live their best life. We want to like Bathsheba knew when she acknowledged her son as Lemuel, when she called him by that name uh, and she called him King, she recognized and she reminded him of the purpose uh, on his life, of the calling. You will be in position of authority. You will be ruler. You will be King Lemuel. You belong to the Lord. I need to remind you of that because sometimes our children forget or sometimes they simply don't know. We're in a position where I'm so grateful for the discernment that the Lord gives mothers that they can look into their children's lives and they can see as we are praying and asking God, God, how do I love this child? Because we love each of our children differently. How do I express my love to this child in a language they can understand? How can I show them their purpose? How can I nurture that in them so that they will have the tools they need to travel the road that they will need to travel? 
And she acknowledged that he was king and that he would be a ruler and that he would be a leader and that he would belong to God and he would need to remember that he belonged to God because there would be so many temptations, so many other opportunities to live not his best life, but to live a life. And she was, you know, seeking out what can I say you know, my what son, what, how can I put this? How can I encourage you uh, to be the best that you need to be? And we also see when she calls him, you know, that you belong to God. We see son of my vow that she has made some dedications to the Lord. And I know there are many of us as moms uh, for many different reasons, whether you struggle to become pregnant or whether you gave birth to a child that was ill and you've had to pray them well, that there are times when we're down on our knees. We make promises to the Lord. Lord, if you will show me what to do, if you will help me with this child, if you when they are giving us all sorts of problems. Lord, if you would give me wisdom, help me not hurt this child. If you will show me what to do, then Lord, I vow that I will give them to you. Now, do they have their own choice to make? Of course they do. But as a mom, I will honor God and I will show them uh, a godly life. I will live that before them. I will be selfless. And I will teach them the ways of the Lord. I will teach them the word. I will teach them to pray. I will teach the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I will make that vow to God and I will honor that. And we hear of other women in the Bible that made vows to God. Hannah, how she prayed for a son. And if you would give me a son, Lord, I'll give him back to you. And although that was difficult for her to do, she honored that. She gave him back to into the service of the Lord. Even with Samson and his parents, they, they've made, they honored the vow uh, that God had placed before them. You trust, you entrust me uh, with this child because that's what we are caretakers. The Lord has a purpose for them. He has a plan for them when he molds them, when he makes them before they become even a gleam in uh, their father's eye. He has a plan for them. And I think it is just so amazing that he will trust us with that little one, that bundle of power and strength that's going to just you know, do all sorts of things in this earth that he entrusts us with that child to, to raise them up in the way that they should go so that they will then be ready to go out and serve him in the way. And so she says, what can I say? How can I put this? What can I tell you? What are the words? I've, I've prayed that prayer myself. Lord, how can I say it in a way that they will understand? What, what words will they hear? Because you don't want to just throw stuff out there and they're just looking all around you like, Lord, please let something be getting in. (laughs) Something somewhere. And sometimes, you know, we don't know because when they need that information, we're not always with them. And so you put it out there and you, um, you know, as uh, Elder Ware's professor once said, if you throw enough mud up against the wall, something will stick. And so you're just praying if every time I can't even begin to tell you how many times we had the talk with our children on some different level. Any time an opportunity came up, if something come up on television, we'd be like, well, you know, you need to keep yourself. You know, you need to uh, guard your heart. You know, it's not just about, you know, a pregnancy. It's not just about a disease. It's you. You don't want to just go around giving yourself to everybody. Okay, unpause. Let's go back to what were we watching. And so, you know, you can just at some point, 
you know, riding in the car, song come on the radio, and then you're like, you, you know, turn it out. Well, but, you know, while they're talking about that, let's just say, you know, and they would roll their eyes. Oh, we've had it. We know. But I just want you to understand because there's going to be opportunities and you're going to want to. And it's it's more than just this feeling right now. It, it's more than just this. You, you've got to consider yourself. You have to consider your future. There are going to be opportunities for drugs and for alcohol and all of that. And I will tell my kids in a minute. You have people in your family from down your generational lines that have problems with alcohol. You don't want to see if you're going to be the one. So just leave it alone. It's not worth it. I've seen it destroy too many lives. Just get you the sparkling grape juice. You'll be okay. And so she is looking and she's telling him and we see in the next few verses, um, she says, give not thy strength unto women, nor thy, thy ways to that which destroys kings. Now we have to be so careful, don't we? Because even though there's no one in this room that's likely to be a king or queen over an actual country, you are all going to be at some point in time in authority positions. You're going to be leaders over someone, whether it is a supervisor at a job or whether it's the team leader on a project, you are going to be in a position of authority. And so you want to be careful that you don't give yourself to things that destroy kings. And that's what she was telling him. There's going to be so many opportunities. And, you know, she talks about the women. Perhaps she saw some tendencies in uh, her son, much like his father, because it was the woman, the, the women that were destructive of him. As he, you know, allowed himself to look upon a woman with lust and then to take. So she knew the history of her relationship with David, although she may or may not have had anything to do, any control over that. So perhaps she saw some tendencies in her son. And so our children, as children, we have to be mindful of that. Our parents, when they are giving us some words of wisdom, when they are telling us, be mindful of this, don't do that, don't do that, perhaps they are seeing some tendencies in you. We know who we are as people, and we know what things we have fallen prey to, and it doesn't matter how much you don't want to admit it, you are a product of your mother and your father, whoever in the world they are. Whether you ever meet them, spend any time with them at all, they are in you. You are like them. All we can do is pray that we get the best of them, but there's going to be some of the not so good of them in us. And as parents, you can see, you know how you, your kids have no idea how you were when you were younger, but you remember People around the community may not know because you may have done a really good job of covering up, but you know what you did when nobody was looking. And you can look over into your children's life and you can see some of those same things going. And we use that as teachable moments to tell them, like she told him, you need to be mindful of women um, that are out to destroy you, things that will destroy kings. You need to be mindful of those things. Watch out for that sort of thing because she probably saw. Now, had Solomon listened to her, it would have saved him a world of hurt because obviously there was something there because he ended up with what? 
throws it three, so many hundreds of wives and concubines. And it did not work well for him. As it will not work well for anybody. <laughs> but had she listened, he got off the road of his path. He allowed himself to be distracted, even though his mother had tried to warn him. You know, we, we see a glimpse of her heart as she's trying to warn her king, uh, as her son. And she says, it's not for kings, O Lemuel, um, to drink wine or princes drink strong drink. What does she tell him? Now, I know some people get been out of shape because they want to drink. Um, and that's, that's between you and God. But I will tell you this. It is so important for us to remain sober minded. You don't want to be ruled by any kind of intoxicants whether it be alcohol or whether it be some other kind of drug or whether it is something else, whatever it is that causes you to lose um, your sobriety so that you don't think clearly because she's warning him as king, you have to be sober minded. You have to be clear thinking because you are going to have to judge people. You're in a position of authority. And if you are not having your wits about you, then when they come to you for justice, you won't be able to mete out justice. And she also talks about not being able to remember because those things do, you know, tamper with our memory. And you may not be able to remember right from wrong and you won't issue out justice fairly. And as a person in a position of leadership, a position of authority, you need to be able to issue out justice. You need to be able to to be fair. She tells him you need to be able to be compassionate. Take up the cause for those who cannot speak for themselves. That is what we do as people in positions of authority. We have to be there uh, for people who cannot help themselves. And we have to make sure that we are able to be sober minded, that we're able to be clear thinking uh, so that our judgment um, is not impaired. And so she warns him against sexual sins. Uh, She warns him against, uh, you know, the strong drinking. And she says something very interesting. She said that. That is for people who are ill and, and sort of on their deathbed or for those who are so impoverished, um, they need to forget. Because what does that sort of thing do? It, it sort of checks you out of reality, doesn't it? And that's why we do those things so that because we think this is so bad here, I don't want to be in this anymore. So this pulls us away. Well, as leaders, as kings, as priests, you don't have that option. Because although you may check out, The rest of the world is still going on. You have a role to play. You have a job to do. And you may be sitting over in the corner looking around. Oh, the butterflies. It's so pretty. Do you see the clouds? And somebody's waiting there for you to issue some kind of decision. And we can, you know, you got the rest of our lives held up. You have somebody's deliverance in your hands, somebody's freedom in your hands. And you sitting here twiddling your toes going, Ooh, I feel so happy. I'm so happy because you are checking out because you don't want to deal with your reality. Is life going to get hard? Yeah, it will. Sometimes you'll wake up some days and you'll think, I just can't do this today. I can't do it. I can't deal with the people. I can't deal with the job. I just can't do this today. But life goes on. You have a role to play. You have a job to do. 
And as parents, as we're nurturing our children, that's something we have to teach them. You will have hard days. And I tried to tell my children, you may have had a bad day, but you have a great life. You have to look at it overall. And you, there's no time for you to check out. So leave the strong drink, as she says, to somebody that's already dying. And it's used as a medication. Not just so they can twiddle their toes, but just so they can survive. So they can deal with what they're dealing with as they're on their way out. But that is not for you as kings, as people that are in positions of authority, as leaders, as rulers, as people that are belonging to God. You don't have that option. So what do we do when it gets too hard and we need something strong? We pray. Lord, give me guidance. Give me direction. Give me peace. Give me grace to make it through this. Empower me. Strengthen me. Help me to press on because I know that somebody's deliverance is in my hands. Somebody's peace. The answer to somebody's problem lies within me. And I don't want them to suffer another day because I couldn't press through. And she tells him, as king, you can't do that. You don't get to sit over on the sidelines and not be aware of what's going on. You have a job to do. You have a responsibility. You've got to stay focused on your calling, on the purpose that God has given you. You have to be careful because your words are powerful. We have to be careful as mothers because we are supposed to be speaking life into our children, preparing them for what's ahead of them. You don't get to yell at them in frustration and tear them down. You have to hold that in, go somewhere and close the door. And then you may say, oh, dear God, I just don't know what to do with them. I don't know. I think they're crazy. They're trying to take me with them. I don't want to go. But then you come back out with a smile and with open arms. I love you. You are awesome. You are amazing. God has a plan for your life. Like that woman says on there, you're not stupid. No, no, you can't be because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are an amazing person. And I'm looking forward to the adult, the kind of adult that you're going to grow up to be, how, how you're going to bless those that are around you, the impact, the positive influence that you're going to have in this earth. I'm looking forward to being a part of that. We have to encourage that. They may be acting like the devil, but you don't get to call them that. You know, you, you can only speak life. God has entrusted them with us so that we can speak life. We can speak encouragement into them, whatever. They may not look like kings right now, but we know the calling that's on their lives. Bathsheba knew the calling that was on her son's life. It didn't matter what was going on at that point. She could see further. God gives us the ability to see further. I know what you've called my child to be. I know what you've called them to do. I don't, whatever they're doing right now, we pray them through it. Amen. Lord, give us strength. Give me the words to say. Give somebody, if they won't hear me, give somebody. If you have to, if you have to nudge just a hobo on the street to yell it out at them as they walk by. Give it to somebody, somebody who will look at them and recognize that calling on their lives and won't allow them to do wrong. They'll say, no, you party if you want to, but I'm not taking you. Amen. 
You're not going with me. Something is about you and I'm not getting in it. So that's what we pray for as we, a mother's heart is that we want our children to grow into what we know that God has called for them, the calling that he has on their lives. We want them to be sober and we want them to be just. We want them to be compassionate. There's something just so wonderful about a compassionate heart. When you can look at somebody and recognize their struggle and not just walk by. But you can stop. You may not be able to do everything they need, but you can stop and do something. We can all do that. We can a smile, uh, uh, just a hello. Um, you know, we talk about sometimes we're amazed how people can go into a room and stand next to each other and never speak. That shouldn't be like that. We should be able to show compassion. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know their struggles. And sometimes just a hello, just a smile, just a compliment. And some people will just open right up to you and they'll start telling you all their business. And you think, all I said was some pretty shoes. You're looking at the wire. I got to go. And you, you know, you back and they just, oh, and I got them here. And this is what, and I was going that day and I had a flat tire and this and that and other. We, we were doing something yesterday at the food bank. We were going to give, giving something to a lady. I went out to the door to say, this is what it looks like. That woman, tears just welled up in her eyes. And she was like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I didn't know what I was going to do. And she threw herself at me. And I was like, I don't know what you're going to do either, but it's hot out here. But just a simple something because she had something in her she needed to release. And so we can be compassionate to one another. We can be there for one another because I would want somebody to be there for me. Have you ever been having just an awful day and somebody come up and say something nice and you think it makes all the difference in the world because you think I'm not out here alone. Somebody does care. You know, somebody, I mean something to somebody. They took time out just to stop to say something. So we pray that our children will be compassionate. We want them to be steadfast, resolute, firm in their purpose. You don't want them to be wavery. There's going to be so many opportunities for them to be wavery, to be floaty, you know, to do this today and this tomorrow. And they, you know, at 30 and 40 years old, still trying to find themselves. You have to find yourself before then. You may still be finding bits and pieces along the way that may accent who you are, but you should have a plan, you know, before then. You should know uh, what you're here for. You should know God's purpose for your life by then. And so we want them to be resolute, uh, firm in their purpose, in their path. Yes, there'll be other things that you will do along the way, but there will be a primary purpose for your life. There is some reason that you were born when you were born, where you were born, to whom, even to whom you were born. You may not care for your parents, but there is something that you have gotten from them that you will need to complete the journey that you're on. And so we want to and I tell people on Mother's Day or Father's Day, if you can't think of anything else to be grateful for to your birth parents, you can at least tell them, I appreciate the fact that you gave me life. You have given me this opportunity to do something, you know, in this world to experience the things that I've experienced. And we want to appreciate them for that. And she tells them, you have to be responsible. 
You have to stay sober minded so you can be responsible because you are accountable. There are, there are people's lives uh, that we are supposed to touch in a certain way. And we're going to be accountable for that. There are tasks that need to be completed the way we would complete them. We're going to be responsible for that. Now, are we irreplaceable? No, there's somebody that could do what I do. But they can't do it the way I do it. You know? And there's, there's something about the way I do it that the Lord appreciates. And he wanted it done by me. Now, if I just sit over stubborn and say, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not coming down and look at the food bank bills one more time. I'm not going to write not another check. Will the bills still get paid? Of course they will. I'm not the only person who all knows how to write a check or balance a checkbook. But they can't put the, you know, slip on it like I can put it on there. I can write a check in a minute. You know, I can go in and get those books balanced. We've got bills paid. I can step out that office on the 10th of the month. Bills are paid through the month. Money's in the savings account. What now? What now? Let me go in here and separate some of this Walmart stuff with (laughs) y'all. So there is a calling in your life, a purpose for each and every one of you. That when you put your touch on it, and I, I like the way Pastor Strout says it, that divine partnership between you and God that will bless so many people in so many different ways. Oh my goodness. When I hear Sister April sing, can other people sing? Of course they can, but they don't do it like she does. I, you know, they don't. There are some of the songs that you sing, April, that when I went to listen to them, I was like, this don't sound right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm waiting on her part. It didn't come. I was like, this. and they got paid to do it. But I'm like, this ain't right. We're not singing it right. <laughs> so there is a calling on each and every one of you. And I just want to give you a glimpse into a mother's heart, which is so similar to the heart of God. He simply wants you to be your best you. And as moms, that's what we want. Your mothers, that's what they wanted. They may not have been perfect in how they executed it. Some of our mothers, I just have to tell people, you know, they did the best they could with what they had. They may not have been mothered properly. So they may not have mothered you properly. And if they made mistakes, if they, you know, snatched you up when they should have, let's forgive them. Let's try to recognize what they meant. They wanted you to be safe. They wanted you to be happy. They wanted you to have a fulfilling and abundant life. They may not have communicated it well. And for that, we forgive them. Because there'll be things that we won't communicate well. And I pray that my children will be like, you know, she meant well. God bless her heart. She meant well. And just release me of anything else, any way that I may have damaged them as I tried to do what was right. But a glimpse into a a mother's heart. We just want what's best for you. We know that God has a plan for you. We know that there are going to be pitfalls along the way. Uh, We know that because some of them are mistakes that we made and we see you headed down that same road and we're trying to stop you because we know how that ends. We know what that's like. And you, you may not believe it because, you know, when children look at their parents, I guess my kids probably think I was always 40 something, but I, (laughs) but I wasn't, I used to be a teenager. 
You know, I, I used to be a captain of the cheerleader squad. And I dated the captain of the basketball team. And there were some issues there. <laughs> so there are some things that I can, from my experience, I can share and I can see if my children are going down the wrong path. Because I know me. My husband knows what kind of childhood he had. Don't you? <laughs> he remembers being a lovesick teenager. And so he can, if he looks over into our kids' life, because our children are just a, an amazing mix of the two of us. Sometimes it is just astounding to look at your kids and see not only physical characteristics, but see them say something the way you would say it or put, wear, even dress the way you used to dress or do things that you used to do. And you can see some, not all are bad, some are good. And you're like, that is just amazing, God. But it is just in our heart to encourage you. So I want to encourage you as a mother today to honor your mother and know that she has just at heart what is best for you. And even if you didn't have a godly mom or even a good mom, I'm sure that there's somewhere along the way there were some some woman somewhere that spoke compassion to you, that showed you love, that showed you mercy, that was a mother to you. And we want to honor them today as children. And then those of us that are mothers, I want to encourage you to, to be steadfast and continue. Our job is an important one and it doesn't end when they leave the house. It never ends. We are always going to be the one person, if no one else, we will be the one person in their corner praying for them that they will live their best life. Praise the Lord. All right, I'm finished. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to greet Pastor Stroud as he comes. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.